0: Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, Episode 104, How to Get More Feedback from Your Audience. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is a how to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. And this episode is brought to you in part by GoToMeeting with HD Faces. More on that in a few moments. You hear me use this phrase often passion, organization, and dialogue. Those three words form the word pod. I put that together because a lot of people sometimes ask, do I need an iPod to listen to podcasts or to do podcasts? I, so I did this little play on words that I say, no, you don't need an iPod to podcast, but you do need pod, P-O-D, passion, organization, and dialogue. That's what my very first episode of the Audacity to Podcast was about. You can jump all the way back to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash one With episode one, I talked about the passion, organization, and dialogue that it takes to host a podcast, but today we're going to focus on that dialogue part of this, of interaction with your listeners. In the last episode, episode 103, I talked about ways that you can help your listeners contact you with their feedback for your podcast. Eight different ways for doing that, and I'm going to bring that up again in a few moments, but you can listen to those eight ways and how you can implement them over at com slash 103. But today I'm going to share with you how you can encourage your listeners to use those eight ways and what you can do to get more feedback or to just get feedback period from your audience. But before I do that, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode of the Audacity to Podcast, GoToMeeting with HD Faces, brought to you by Citrix. Meetings are really important to the way that we work because this is where we can uh, brainstorm and come up with great ideas. We can figure out the solutions to problems. We can have face-to-face conversations with people. But because we work with people so spread out across the United States and across the globe, it's really impossible to get everyone together for a meeting. But it is possible with GoToMeeting with HD Faces. This is a super simple way where you can meet face-to-face with clients, colleagues, and coworkers online and collaborate on documents or discuss ideas, share screens, give control of your screen to other people on the call. It's a great way to use uh, to host online meetings. The best way, GoToMeeting allows you to then share all of this with anyone you send the invitation to. It's super easy to host a meeting and you can even host a meeting from your iPad and you really get this best experience if you tell everyone, hey, turn on your webcams, especially an HD webcam, so you can have face-to-face video conferencing for your meeting so you can read facial expressions and so much more and share documents. It's awesome. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit go to meeting.com click the try it free button and use the promo code podcast remember use the promo code podcast go to meeting meeting is believing and thank you citrix for your support now before i do my five ways i'm going to share with you how you can get more feedback from your audience Please remember to vote in the Podcast Awards. Voting is still open now through November 15th, 2012. So if you're listening to this after that date, then watch for the announcements that will be at New Media Expo in Las Vegas in January 2013. But you still have a chance to vote. So please vote every single day for your favorite podcast. I have three podcasts as finalists in the awards, and I would really appreciate your vote. Go to podcastawards.com and under Comedy, Vote for the Ramen Noodle, under Entertainment, vote for Once Podcast, and under Technology, vote for The Audacity to Podcast. And if you need some suggestions or help to see uh, what else you could vote for or how this voting process works, go to com slash podcast awards so you can see more about how to do that. So let's talk about how to get more feedback from your audience. I've got five tips to share with you for ways that you can receive more back from your audience to hopefully include in your podcast. Number one, enable your audience. In episode 103, I shared eight different ways that you could enable your audience to send feedback for your blog or podcast. Those eight ways are, one, written email, two, phone voicemails, three, website comments, four, contact or feedback forms, five, audio messages, six, social networks, seven, forum posts, and eight, website chat. And those last few are more optional than the first few. But these are eight different ways that people can send you feedback for your podcast. So go back to the episode 103 by going to to theodacitypodcast.com slash 103 to learn more about how you can implement these on your site. But the main thing to remember is if you don't offer these methods then people won't be able to use these methods make sure that whatever methods you use and I recommend using as many as possible make sure that they are prominent on your website enable your audience to send you feedback Even if you prefer feedback in a certain way, you're still going to get it in another way, or listeners or subscribers will want to give you feedback in another way. So make it as easy as possible. Don't just do it just for your convenience, but do it for their convenience and their simplicity. So have a phone number, have an email address on your website. And I explain how to do that and more back at episode 103. So please listen to that if you haven't already. So, number one is enable your audience number two ask for responses there's a verse in the bible that says ask and you will receive seek and you will find and this applies to so many situations especially podcast feedback don't just give your feedback information but you need to ask people to call in or send in their feedback so that they can share their their opinions or experiences or perspectives with you Here's an example of the difference between these two things. Here is just giving my feedback information. I could say my feedback email address is feedback at theaudacitytopodcast.com and my phone number is 903-231-2221 and and my website address with this nice little send a voice message tab is theaudacitytopodcast.com. I even had to catch myself there because I started reverting to the other way. But see, that's just telling you my feedback information and that's not as useful instead i should ask you to call me to email me to record a voice message for me so this would be more like please send me your ideas and topic suggestions for future episodes or especially ideas that i can answer in questions that i can answer in my quick podcasting answers new video project i'm working on go to or email feedback at the audacity to podcast.com you see what i did there I led you into it. I told you, or I was asking you, please email this or please contact me. Sometimes the way that you ask for responses might be a direct question. Like, what do you think of this? Or how did you use this? Or what's your experience with this? Sometimes it's more like a command, but I recommend that you add the word please with it. So it's more like a requesting imperative. So, something like please share your experience on this or please let me know what you think of this or please vote in the poll by the way speaking of the poll those eight different feedback methods I'm still leaving that poll open and I'd love to hear what your top two methods are for receiving feedback by top two I mean where you get the most feedback of all eight of those methods I want to see what are the top two ways that most podcasters and bloggers are receiving feedback from their audience. So that's more like a request or an imperative, a combination of the two. Sometimes your asking for answers might be more conversational. It could be something like, I'd really love to hear from you what you did in this situation. Or I'd love it if you would comment on the site and let me know about such and such. So it's a bit more conversational. But however you word it. Make sure your audience knows that you are asking to hear from them. You want to hear from them. And each of these moments, when you share or when you ask for their responses, these are great moments for you to remind them of your feedback information. Because just giving that feedback at the beginning or at the end of your episode, like many podcasters will do, that's not good enough because it will be, you just know this will happen. It will be right in the middle of an episode when someone will have a great idea and they'll have some uh, topic or something that they want to share in feedback and they want to share it in the middle of the episode but you haven't mentioned your feedback information so they don't remember it and by the time you mention it your feedback information they'll have forgotten what they wanted to say. So anytime that you are asking for a response. Could be a great moment for you to remind them of the feedback information. I'd love to hear from you what you think of these tips for getting more feedback for your listeners. You can call 903 231 2221 or email feedback at the audacity or go to the audacity to and click on the send a voice message tab to record a message right from your computer. Did you see why I did? I just slipped that right in there and you might not have even noticed but that was my asking for a response and including the feedback information so then you know what i want you to respond to or one of the things i want you to respond to and the feedback information is right there now if you ask for a response a lot of times. You don't have to mention your feedback information every single time, like a TV commercial. Call 1-800-555-5555. That's 1-800-555-5555. That's 1-800-555-5555. One more time. That's... No, you don't have to do that. But repeat it enough that people will remember it or they'll be able to quickly find it. So they don't forget what kind of feedback that they wanted to share. So, number one, enable your audience to send feedback. Number two, ask for responses. If you don't ask, you're not going to receive it. Number three, encourage interaction. Besides just asking for a response, which can be a very direct way of getting a response from your audience, present your information in a way that encourages a response from them. Great content wrapped in a great presentation encourages great conversation. That sounds like a great quote from a book, but you can quote me from that if you want. You can write a book or maybe I'll write a book and include that in it. But great content wrapped in a great presentation encourages great conversation. So consider when you're presenting your material in your podcast, how you can creatively present it in a way that encourages people to react with you based on it. It could be that you present it so well that they're just like, wow, this is amazing. I couldn't believe this before. Thank you so much for sharing this. That's one way. The other way, and this is a bit more controversial, you could be, well, controversial. You could be very opinionated and very uh, conceited, very uh, convinced that your way is the only way to do it. And here's the thing though, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So the more opinionated you get, Most likely, the more opinionated your feedback will get or more opinionated that your reactions from your audience will get, including unsubscribing or leaving a poor rating or review or something like that. So use that one very cautiously, but consider how are you presenting the information? Are you presenting it in an open way where people feel like they can add to it or in a way that people can comment on it and add to a specific aspect and expand a certain aspect a bit more. So keep in mind, we don't know any, everything. We know some things, but we don't know everything. We're not uh, perfect. So even if we try to come up with a complete list of things, we're going to leave something out. So acknowledge that fact and and open it up to your audience to say, this is what we noticed, or this is my list, or however you want to present that, but open it up to them that they can then contribute to the content as well. So leave that topic open. Don't feel like it's closed because your word is the very last word on it. And also, depending on what kind of topic you're covering and what kind of feedback you want from your audience, you may want to direct them to a particular channel for this interaction. For example, In the Audacity to Podcast, you hear me talk about the show notes. I say, please respond to this content in the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 104. The reason I do that is I'm directing you to a particular channel for a particular kind of interaction, and that is, I want the comments on the website to be where people can respond to what I shared in that episode. So it's very much a conversation. There's the main content, then the comments that are in response to my main comment, and then I can reply then to that content or those comments as well. On my Once Upon a Time podcast over at oncepodcast.com, which by the way is also a finalist in the podcast awards, we do this a bit differently there. We review or talk about a TV show in every episode. We talk about an episode of the TV show with two podcast episodes. First we have our initial reactions, then we do a more in-depth including feedback. So we tell our listeners, please send us feedback about this episode of the TV show, and we give our feedback information. Then we also say, and we also really recommend you share your thoughts and theories and what you thought of this episode in our forums. So we're trying to channel conversation to different sections of the website or different channels so that the feedback goes to the appropriate place. Like in the forums over at onespodcast.com, that's where our listeners can share their theories and hash it out with others or (laughs) fight against others about whose opinion is better or who noticed more clues. Or or people can add to it and say, yeah, you know, I saw that too, but did you also see this scene? Or uh, stuff like that is great for building Community, and that's why I refer to this as encourage interaction, not just between you and your listeners, but between your listeners and each other. So, encourage them to go to those right channels when you're asking for a response. And the, the way you present your information, present it in a way that they want to comment on it and they're almost compelled to comment on it. Great content wrapped in a great presentation encourages great conversation. So number one, enable your audience to send feedback. Number two, ask for responses. Number three, encourage interaction. And number four, include your community. If you receive great feedback, then use it. Don't just let it sit in your inbox or somewhere, but use the great feedback that you have, especially if this feedback can be a springboard to new content from you. Maybe you start a podcast episode Based on a conversation you had in an email. Well, try to include that message in your podcast so that that person who sent in that feedback is involved in the content you share. And it's extremely relevant to them because you're mentioning their name. See, that's the most important word to everyone out there. Your name is the most important word to you. But the community then also gets to see that you're including, by extension, all of them, in this dialogue in your podcast so it's not just you but it's about the other people in your community being part of this this is why i was really excited about my 100th episode where i shared 100 tips podcasting tips from 100 well from a bunch of other podcasters almost i think almost 80 podcasters i can't remember the actual number of podcasters that sent it in But I wanted to include my community as much as possible there. So when you receive feedback, do something with it. Use it. Try to incorporate it into an episode or address it in some way. Now, sometimes there's just not enough time to include the feedback. Because the feedback, some people might take several minutes to get to their point or to ask their question. And while you might tell them your feedback might be edited for clarity or brevity sometimes it's just not possible to do to edit it down to the core content it just doesn't sound right or it doesn't flow or for whatever reason sometimes there are recording glitches and you can just barely understand the question but to play it in your podcast would just be unbearable because your audience would be like oh that's killing my ears i can't understand what he's saying so sometimes you might not be able to include the actual feedback from your audience But at least acknowledge them and give them the credit for encouraging this content or this particular conversation that you're having. We do this a lot with our Once Upon a Time podcast that we receive so many emails there and we can't include the full length of these emails. Sometimes people will send us several page long emails and it's fantastic content. But it doesn't really work sometimes to just read their email straight because they might cover several topics that we've already covered much earlier in the podcast and then segmenting their voicemail or their written message is a little odd sometimes. But sometimes they might send this big, long email and they have just a couple short points actually that bring up the conversation. So what we do sometimes is I'm trying to, as much as possible, include The content and the the dialogue with our listeners. So we might mention a point and I'll say, oh, so-and-so from our audience emailed in suggesting that maybe this is what's in the box. Or they think this is in the box because of this and this. So that can be much quicker than reading their full email, but I'm still giving them credit for their theory or their feedback and still including them even though we might not have time to include everything that they said. But then what I'm actually doing on the show notes there is I do paste in their entire email message so that people can read everything that they said so they get their full credit. And also, by the way, that helps with search engine optimization because it's more cool content that Google can index. So include your community. And I'll mention more in just a moment on what about that feedback you don't want to include. So number one of these five ways to help get more feedback from your audience number one enable your audience to send feedback number two ask for responses number three encourage interaction number four include your community and number five respond to feedback sometimes the feedback just isn't appropriate for you to publicly rebroadcast in your podcast or on your website This could be for several reasons. Maybe it's criticism or a critique about your content or your presentation style or whatever, but it's something you might want to address without actually bringing it up in the podcast episode. Sometimes that's appropriate, sometimes it's not. Maybe the feedback is some type of subject that you just completely don't want to address at all. It's something you don't talk about or something that you're not interested in for a podcast episode. Maybe the feedback is a bit overly praising of you. Now this one, this is something that is very much a personal preference on my side. You've probably noticed that I don't play voicemails where the only purpose of the voicemail is the person calls in to say how great I am. (laughs) And and you know what I mean. I'm not trying to be prideful in this, but I do receive emails where people say, thank you so much for sharing this content. I really appreciate your work and Uh, The stuff that's praising me, and I do really appreciate that, I like knowing that my content is helpful and that it's encouraging and that it helped you fix a problem or that you think I'm knowledgeable on these things. I do appreciate that. There's a verse in the Bible that says, let another man praise you and not your own words. And I feel like if I, even if it's someone else saying the words, my choice of including feedback that its only purpose is to praise me in my podcast, I feel like that's then saying, hey, look how great I am, because listen to how great they think I am, and you should think I'm very great too. No, I I don't like doing that. I don't like that kind of self-proclaiming praise and stuff. So that's why you won't hear that in the Audacity to Podcast. Now, if someone includes that in a voicemail message and they say, thank you so much for this episode, or uh, whatever, then yes, I'll let I sometimes leave that in, but I don't like to play a voicemail that's just that. So that might be a reason not to include a particular feedback or voicemail message. It could also be that the feedback is in response to something that you've previously covered, but you're no longer covering. So this could be like with our Once Upon a Time podcast, we cover an episode of the TV show. And after we've done our initial reactions and then our full discussion, two separate episodes there, podcast episodes, of that single TV show episode, then we're finished talking about that episode. So any feedback I receive after we record those two podcasts, I don't use because we're finished talking about those episodes. Now, it might be something that stands out so much that we do raise it again in the future when the topic comes up, but often... It's about something that we've already covered and we're no longer covering that content. So we aren't able to share it then. Sometimes the feedback might be something that you've already answered and you don't need to cover it again. It's not like you finished covering it completely, but it's just something that simply you already answered. Especially keep this in mind when you have a podcast that's been around for a very long time. And if your original answer is still just as good, just as timeless, a little clue there, try to have timeless content as much as possible, maybe you don't need to cover it again. So this might be some feedback that you don't include in a podcast or a blog post. And maybe the feedback is just something you don't feel like including. Maybe you don't like the theory, you don't like the suggestion, you don't like the what the person was saying. Maybe you don't like the person for whatever reason it is. These are just several examples of reasons why you might not want to include certain feedback. But this point, point five, respond to feedback, is still important because especially if you're not going to use a particular piece of feedback, respond to it. Each of these examples are totally up to your own discretion. You can decide what you want to do with these situations. But this is why you need to think about responding to each of these because if someone, well, the fact that you received this feedback means someone took the time to think through what they wanted to say, write it out or record it, send it to you, and sometimes even risk their own reputation in sending it to you, depending on their feedback in particular. So even something as simple as a thank you can go a long way if someone sends you feedback. I really recommend doing a bit more, but it can still be very simple. If you're not going to use their feedback, then it can be simple enough of saying, thank you so much for your feedback, and then commenting in some way that proves that you read it or respond in some way to something that they said, and then you're able to move on. Try to respond to every single bit of feedback you receive and that you possibly can respond. This is something that I learned uh, from Pat Flynn over at smartpassiveincome.com. Try to leave no comment on your website unresponded to. Try to answer every single email. Uh, both Cliff Ravenscraft and Pat Flynn talk about this frequently. Of, uh, this is part of building a community is connecting with people in ways and sometimes just a simple response Can be a great way to do that. Maybe you are answering their question in your email. Maybe it might be a response like, Thank you so much for sending this. I don't have time to answer this now, but in a future podcast episode, I'll include this. Something like that. But some response that acknowledges that they took their time and energy and brain cells to contact you, and hopefully it wasn't hard for them to contact you. That goes back to point number one, enable your audience to send feedback. But they took this time and energy to send you feedback, and they better be appreciated by you. So when you respond, it shows your audience that you're listening and appreciate them as a person, not just being dismissive of of their email, but you are actually grateful and that you read it. So doing that, then they'll see, wow, he really does read my email and respond. Even if he didn't use it, he responded to it, he did read it, that's cool. I'm, I'm going to send him something even better next time. That's often what your audience might think. But if they hear nothing from you, they might wonder, D- did he receive my email? Did I go to a spam folder? Maybe I should email him again just in case. That happens a lot too. That's certainly happened to me when I haven't responded to things. So what I am trying to do is respond to every single email I receive, every single comment left on the website Even if it's not a full response, still at least respond, acknowledge it, and uh, try to include then that feedback. So these five tips for how to get more feedback from your audience. Number one, enable your audience to send feedback. Number two, ask for responses. Number three, encourage interaction. Number four, include your community. And number five, respond to feedback. These are good ways that you could get more feedback from your audience. But now, let me tell you about some bad ways. In fact, I would call these the actions of a desperate podcaster. Whatever you do, don't get desperate. Desperate podcasters create weak content. Here are some pitfalls that I think you should avoid, especially when you're feeling desperate, but some things that don't try this for trying to get feedback from your listeners. Contests. Contests can be great. And all of these things I'm going to share with you can be great in their certain appropriate circumstances. But if you're hosting a contest just to receive feedback from your listeners, then this is kind of like bribing your audience to send you feedback. If you send me some feedback, then you might win this amazing new card anything like that. No, don't do that. Now, contests can be a great thing sometimes. But I would say have a contest when you're already receiving more feedback than you need. Don't have a contest just to try and encourage feedback. That's an action of a desperate podcaster. Second thing, pleading. Think of how annoyingly cute a begging puppy is. And now realize you're not a cute puppy. Don't plead. Don't beg with your audience. This would be like, please, people, please email me. Why hasn't anyone emailed? See, pleading doesn't necessarily have to be that, please, please, please email me. I'm begging you. Please email me. No, that's not the only way to plead. Other ways to plead are, why hasn't anyone emailed me? I don't understand. We've got blah, 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 number of listeners. Listening to the podcast and no one's emailed me yet. Well, come on, guys, email me. I, I really want to hear from you, so why don't you email me? Love to include you on this, but I know somebody's out there listening, so why aren't you guys emailing? Now that's uh, that's kind of a teenage sounding way of pleading, but don't get involved in pleading. Now, again, there could be some appropriate cases for this. Maybe. Third thing, fake responses getting your family or friends to send in their feedback for your podcast even though they don't listen to your podcast but you do this just for the sake of having feedback in in your podcast it's certainly clever I'll, I'll grant you that yes this is clever it's handy to be able to hear someone else's voice but doing this just for the sake of having something in your podcast some kind of feedback that's an action of a desperate podcaster and remember Desperate podcasters create weak content. I think I'm ending up with a couple of nice quotations from this podcast episode. And then the fourth thing is dependence. If you feel like you can't blog or podcast without hearing from your audience, then you may be struggling with your passion. Pick something to podcast about that you are so passionate about that you would podcast even if nobody's listening. Now I want to give a little nod to my friend James Kennison over at nlcast.com. He has the podcast called Nobody's Listening. And he named it that way for a specific reason back in the beginning back in the beginning, but now a lot of people are listening. But unless you have something where it's going to be a feedback episode and you don't have any feedback to go over, it, it then in that case you could just skip it if you really don't have feedback. But don't feel like oh, no one emailed me. I don't feel like podcasting because no one emailed me. That means that you, your passion is dependent on others to reaffirm or confirm your passion. That, that's not actually a passion then. That is, well, I don't know what you would call that, but that's not passion. So don't depend on your audience thinking that unless they email you, you or if they don't email you, you won't be able to podcast. Podcast anyway. Be so passionate you'd be willing to talk even if no one else was willing to listen. And then people will be attracted to your passion. So those are the actions of a desperate podcaster. Avoid those things. Instead, do these good things for how you can get more feedback from your audience. Number one, enable your audience. Number two, ask for responses. Number three, encourage interaction number four include your community and number five respond to feedback now what do you think of this list i'd love to hear from you your thoughts and perspectives and experience on how you get feedback from your audience what are some ways that work for you what which of these ways stands out more than the other what are some ways that you feel like oh i I need to share this bad experience i had i'd love to hear from you and especially if you have some more ways to add to this list Please go to the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 104 and comment there on what you thought about this content and what you can add to this discussion about ways that you can encourage your audience to give you feedback. Now, do you see what I just did there? I asked you, I encouraged interaction, I asked you for your feedback, and I pointed you to a specific channel for where that kind of feedback should go because... This is very specific to this content. I try to do that for each episode. So take these things, play with them, implement them yourselves, and let me know what you think of them. I'd love to hear from you. Now I've got a podcasting tip for you, and this came from com slash 100 when I had my 100 podcasting tips from amazing podcasters. Fantastic, really fun podcast episode with so many tips to share. And I'm going to be reusing several of these tips now that I have a bit more time in each podcast episode, because I want to share these great tips with you. They're so valuable. And this tip comes from Dan from the Miskatonic University podcast. Hi, this is Dan from MU-podcast.com. My tip is that I carry around a small pocket-sized spiral-bound notebook and a pen. You can use it to jot down ideas for show topics, interview questions, notes, and sketching new website layouts. That is a great tip, Dan. Remember that a great idea that's not a recorded idea might not end up being an idea at all. You probably lose it. Think of it like, you know, it's always the biggest fish that gets away from you. And your ideas that you don't record Murphy's law would say that it's always going to be the best ideas that you forget later on. So, a pen and paper, it doesn't crash, doesn't run out of batteries, it doesn't need a backlight to it, it doesn't need a data connection, anything like that. And it's very easy to find a pen and a paper or a napkin and a pen or blood and a napkin or anything like no, I don't actually recommend blood, but anything like that that you could use to jot down your idea. I like how Steve Robbins from Get It Done guy quick and dirty tips for improving your work or doing more and working less something like that but it's at getitdoneguy.com he highly praises the value of paper and how sometimes our technology can get in the way of our productivity even though we have all of these productivity apps and to-do lists and all of this stuff it can get in the way of helping us actually remember things so you might have a pen and a paper, a smartphone, a tablet, or an audio recording device, or maybe even it's just your phone. You call yourself and you leave a voicemail. But the most important thing is whatever method you use for feedback, or not for feedback, but for whatever method you have available, use it and record your ideas. Because if you don't record your ideas, you will probably forget them and you'll miss out on something amazing that you had that rapid idea i'm right now using an app called workflowy it's a web app and it also works on android and ios devices it's a great app and it's very very simple it's a lot simpler than springpad or evernote and i'm a big fan of springpad but this app is simpler enough simple enough that it doesn't get in the way very much for me to record thoughts and ideas and other notes So I'm really liking it because it's simpler and it can't do as much as Evernote and SpringPad. But I'm able to do more with it then because of that. And if you'd like to try Workflowy, you can use my referral link and then you and I will both get some bonuses in our accounts. It's com slash Workflowy. That's the word workflow with a Y at the end. com slash Workflowy. So thank you so much, Dan, for that tip. That is a great tip. Remember, keep something, anything, especially pen and paper, handy to remember these ideas. Have you ever tried to sketch something on a smartphone or a tablet or a computer? It's just hard to sketch out ideas, erase things, move things around a little bit like that. It's so much easier on paper. I'm not a fan of paper. I prefer the digital method, but do what works for you and that works best and remember to refer to it later. Otherwise, you'll lose those amazing ideas that I know are inside your brain. You've got million-dollar ideas. You just have to remember them sometimes. So thank you so much, Dan. Check out his podcast at mu-podcast.com. And I would love to have your podcasting tips for future episodes. Previously, I said limit it to 20 seconds because I had to fit in 100 of them in episode 100. But now I can be a little bit more lenient on that. Then I'd love to have your podcasting tips for a future episode. You can email feedback at com or call 903-231-2221 or you can go to com and click on the send a voice message tab to record a message right from your computer. Something else I'd love your feedback on for an upcoming episode is Thanksgiving is next week in the United States. And this is uh, very much an American holiday, but that doesn't mean that people in other countries can't be thankful too. But I'm going to have a special Thanksgiving episode the Monday after Thanksgiving. So I'm taking next week off for all of our podcasts, The Ramen Noodle, Once Podcast, and The Audacity Podcast. We won't have any episodes the week of Thanksgiving 2012. But the week after that, so on Monday, November 26th, At 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's GMT-4, I'll be doing a special Thanksgiving episode, and I want you to be a part of this. Send me your feedback, and it can be about a minute or so long. What are you thankful for in podcasting? This can be a piece of equipment that you feel like, oh, I couldn't podcast without this piece of equipment. This could be a, a web app that you use that helps you podcast. It could be a special WordPress plugin or a tool like that. Or you could be a bit more philosophical and say, if it wasn't for podcasting, then this. And I'm so thankful for being able to podcast because of this. Maybe it's made you more confident in public speaking. Maybe it has made you a known expert in a particular niche. Maybe it has connected you with certain people. Or maybe in podcasting, you're thankful for certain people. So you might say, oh, I'm so thankful for for uh, Leo Laporte for starting Twit Network because that really that was the first podcast I listened to and it really inspired me of what I could do with podcasting or anything like that. I want to hear what you are thankful for in podcasting. Interpret that however you want and send in your responses. What are you thankful for about podcasting? I want to hear from you for our next episode of the Audacity to Podcast after the Thanksgiving break so that we can hear from each other what we're thankful for. Send that to, written or recorded, feedback at theaudacitytopodcast.com or call 903-231- 2221. Or you can also go to the audacity to and click on the send a voice message tab and record a message right from your computer. And that can be like I said, about a minute or so long. Give me one to three things that you are thankful for in podcasting and interpret that however you would like. And I'd love to have your feedback as part of that episode and have another major community focused episode. And that will be a lot of awesomeness there to have you as part of that. And then we can see what each other are thankful for in podcasting. One last thing I want to tell you about before wrapping up is the Podcasters Roundtable was recorded just recently. We recorded session five and talked about our podcasting pet peeves. This was a very fun and opinionated podcast episode that we did where Podcasters Roundtable is several podcasters getting around and talking about things, sharing our opinions, sharing our experiences. It's a lot of fun. We do it live using Google Plus Hangouts. And if you're interested to learn how we use Google Plus Hangouts, go over to Dave Jackson's site, schoolofpodcasting.com. He interviewed Ray Ortega to find out how Ray does this uh, podcasting round, podcasters roundtable thing and how Ray uses Google Plus to host these things. So it's an awesome episode of Dave's podcast over at School of Podcasting.com and check it out. I'll have a link to that in the show notes over at The Audacity to Podcast.com slash one zero four. And please remember to vote in the Podcast Awards over at Podcast Vote every day for your favorite podcasts. If you want to see my suggestions and who I'm voting for, you can go to The Audacity to Podcast.com slash podcast awards please vote for our podcast for sure definitely one's podcast under entertainment that's the one i really want to see get the most votes but also under comedy we have the ramen noodle and under technology is the show the audacity to podcast vote for your favorite podcasts every day through november 15th 2012 and i hope to see you at new media expo in las vegas in january if you'd like to register for that please go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash NMX. That stands for New Media Expo. And use my affiliate link there. Again, show notes for this episode at com slash 104. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Please follow me on twitter.com slash the noodle. Thanks for listening, and have a happy Thanksgiving. And even if you're not in the United States, you can still have a happy Thanksgiving and find something to be thankful for. Thankfulness isn't just an American thing. I hope you can take this time to be thankful too, and send me your suggestions of what you're thankful for in podcasting. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech... It's here. Find more at techpodcast.com and look for our upcoming coverage of CES. I'll be there covering things from a podcasting perspective, showing you awesome cameras and microphones and other equipment that will work great for podcasters and other technology and so much more. It'll be awesome. We'll have live coverage there. So find out more information about that and so many more great podcasts on technology at techpodcast.com.